Sure. And so it's like that's that's actually cheaper than if you both went to go fucking see the movie, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, but I live alone, so I you know I'm not about to dump twenty dollars on a fucking Kevin Bacon movie that might be trash. Oh yeah. And I see other people argue that, uh, well, you can have, like, you know, three, four friends over and everyone chips in five bucks and it's cool. What I'm always thinking is, like, this is a rental. It's a 48-hour rental. Yeah. You're not you're not buying this movie forever. If you want to do that, it'll cost you another 20 bucks on top. Yeah, you got to get the Blu-ray steelbook. Yeah. Of, of fucking Kevin Bacon yeah. and Shack of Leaves. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't see myself inviting three other people over to my house. Yeah, put pants on. You gotta put pants on. And, you know, Susie's gonna have to spend the whole time trying to avoid falling asleep on the couch. Right. But, yeah, I, you know, I will sometimes find other means to watch these movies if I've researched them and found that, oh, okay, this is probably gonna be dog shit. Yeah, I just don't watch dog shit, so, like, you know. Yeah, I'll watch anything. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, if it falls off the back of the truck, uh, you know. Yeah. Whom's Among Us isn't going to pick up the uh, the movie. Well, it's like what they, they said about me in high school is paddle eat anything. Yeah. And I did once, like, take three quarters of a cheeseburger out of the uh, garbage can. Yeah, I did that when I was working at the Walgreens. There was, yeah. like, a pizza in the trash can, and I was like, who put this pizza in here? Right, and it was on top of the trash and yeah, still exactly. there wasn't on, stuff on top a of tray. Yeah. yeah, there was no. no trash on top. Yeah. That's legit. Three quarters of a cheeseburger? We had no... There was, free? There was no COVID then. Yes, please. There was no COVID then. You, you, you were fine. No, that's just our Irish roots showing yeah, through. You, you, just, you, you eat food out of the garbage. Fucking dumpster diving. Yeah, it's normal. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's um, fucking pint sitting on the counter and it's half drank. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's been there since last night. But yeah, that's, 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 that's the community pint. <laughs> Might be a glass of piss. There's no way to know. No. Science fiction. Welcome to the Columbia River Film School. Uh, we're back again this week with another uh, another good double feature. Uh, we've got a good blasphemy double feature this week. Uh, we were looking at some genres, uh, and we thought maybe we should look at some uh, some movies that have been banned. Uh, you know, you have banned books, you have banned movies, you have uh, you know, Walmart won't sell your NWA record. Uh, is that a relevant reference? I don't know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, there's also, there's banned movies, and so, uh, we sat around, we pulled up a list of banned movies, and we found that about 90% of them were about Jesus. <laughs> um, and so we, uh, we picked two, two real bangers off the banned movies list, uh, mm -hmm. in very different genres, <laughs> um, uh, by very different directors. Uh, two directors that I think have probably never been in the same room together, um, uh, maybe at, like, Cannes or Sundance or something. Yeah. 
but uh, the two movies we ended up with are uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, The Last Temptation of Christ. Temptation. Uh, a three-hour drama film uh, about uh, Jesus Christ, uh, which is, uh, you know, we'll get to this later, but I, I actually think, like, a, a pretty decent uh, retelling of, of what's actually contained in those books nobody has read. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and then the other film we watched is, uh, I believe, Terry Gilliam uh, directed, did he? Uh, Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. Yeah, Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones directed... Monty Python's The Life of Brian, uh, one of our favorite films from when we were children. Yeah. Uh, because of our scumbag father. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, um, uh, both of these movies have been variously banned in various countries. They're both subject to a lot of controversy. Um, uh, I, you know, I won't, we won't go through like all the different places they've been banned, but you can basically say like if a country's got a 90% Catholic majority, m- these movies were banned or not shown in theaters uh, at some point during their run, easily, uh, I did. I did find that uh, the life of Brian was banned in Ireland um, for, I've, I think, a decade after it came out. Yeah, uh, I think it came. I think it was finally, you know, uh, removed from like the banned films list in Ireland in like the late '80s, early '90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out in '79, and I think it was banned until, up until like '90 or '91. Yeah, uh, which really begs the question: How the fuck did our father see this movie? Yeah, uh, he's dead. We can't find out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, like, there was no VHS store selling this movie in Ireland. No. <laughs> and VHS wasn't even a thing until very late in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, in, in Ireland, right? So, like, uh, yeah, did you get, like, a fucking film reel of this movie? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe you saw it in Spain or something, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Germany or one of those fucking countries he used to go to that he never talked about. Or in our grandfather's uh, bootleg VHS closet that yeah, he ran yeah. out of his house. Grand, granddad's, <laughs> granddad's bootleg VHS store. I, I, I think we've, we've referenced this a few times, but if you're wondering how we got to be this way, uh, there's there's some there's some inherent poisoning in, in, in our minds, I think, because our grandfather in the in the early 90s uh, basically ran a video store out of the front room in his house, just yep. completely comprised of bootleg VHS tapes. Yeah. And so, like, random people would show up, random people in Larchville would show up uh, to his house to, like, you know, rent fucking tapes off of the man. <laughs> yeah, and he had, like, classy photocopied covers that, yeah. like, slipped in into all those it was very yeah. very not legit uh really good really classic irish stuff yeah uh just you know i'm certain that you know one or two guards were renting videos <laughs> from him and just no one cares oh yeah i'm just gonna go to go down to patty's get some tapes uh yeah. you know for me and the wife tonight pop around to the shops yeah <laughs> Yeah, the shops, by which I mean Patty O'Sullivan's front room. Yeah. And then the off-license. Yeah. At the off-license, gotta get up, yeah, it's fucking, you know, it's closed on Sunday, so, right. you know, we gotta go in and get the, you know, it's a, it's a religious holiday, it's Good Friday, gotta stock up on yeah, Monday Thursday. Uh, that's, that's, that, that's that deep Irish content that, uh, you know, uh, when I, whenever I talk to people who've never actually been to Ireland, they're like, they're, you know, they're like, oh, you're from Ireland. It's, uh, it's, I think it's so beautiful there. It's so like, pretty. Yeah, it's so, so green. Pretty. It's wonderful. I'm like, it is just, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like you go down to like the Ring of Kerry or something. I'm sure it's beautiful, but like, uh, it's largely just like industrial wasteland towns. Yeah. Uh, much like Wales. Uh, right. And... And, and, like, people just doing dodgy stuff constantly. Uh-huh. The, it's not all travelers like you see in fucking Snatch or something, right? No, but it's a lot of people wearing tracksuits. Yeah, a lot of tracksuits, a lot of people smoking uh, just everywhere. Yeah. Uh, a lot of just unwashed people in robes going around the Tesco. <laughs> 
uh, you know, it's it's not like some beautiful fairyland that I think everyone in America seems no, to think it is. No. Should take some tourists and just like drop them in the middle of Larchville, yeah, or I mean, Johnstown or something. Yeah, we've 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 taken Americans to Ireland, uh, and one of the one of the common refrains is "There's no fruit here." Yep, and I'm like, what do you think it's supposed to grow? <laughs> it's a fucking bog. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a bog. People get people get really concerned about their health when the weather gets above like eighty degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you're like, oh, why can't I get any fucking decent tomatoes? It's like I I don't know because they're from the New World. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but you're still living in the I'm getting old fucking world. tomatoes in my Christmas stocking until like fucking the year two thousand. Yeah, because right? our parents were raised like, oh, you can't or not tomatoes, fucking oranges. Oranges, yeah. yeah our parents were raised being like, oh, oranges are a fucking luxury. You can't right. be getting oranges in Ireland. <laughs> but then you got scurvy. I do. Well, that's different. That's because I have stomach problems that okay. went undiagnosed. Um, and mom just didn't notice that I was fucking vomiting every morning for yeah. like four years. Sure. Well, you know, that'll happen. Yeah. You got re- real bad acid reflux. You just fucking take a vitamin in the morning and then puke everything up. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, oh, that's normal. <laughs> Never lost any teeth though. So. Cool. Although, uh, my ass cheek got really, I like fell in PE or something and I just had this enormous unhealed wound on my ass cheek for a really long time. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Not a good look. Yeah. Don't get scurvy. <laughs> no, don't get scurvy. Uh, yeah, the shock on the the shock on the dentist's face was just wonderful. And he was like, "You are bleeding so much." Yeah, so uh, this is a movie podcast. This is a movie right? podcast. Yeah, uh, but yeah, this week we're watching uh, the the Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, very classy movie. I actually don't think it's in the Martin Scorsese top five. Um, nah. I, I think maybe it could crack the top ten, yeah. but like at ten or nine. But but uh, very classy, very serious movie, and then on the other side, uh, the life of Brian, uh, very unclassy, not serious movie. But uh, but anyway, those are the two movies this week, so we'll get into those here in a minute. But uh, for sure, let's uh, let's break off some movie news. Some movie news. Um, so I just got a few stories here. Uh, uh, Edgar Wright uh, saying that there are tentative plans to keep the Scott Pilgrim going on in animated form. Uh, he says there's nothing official yet, but uh, there are plans to revisit the material in an animated way. He's been talking with the uh, comic book creator and... Uh, Ryan O'Malley? Uh, Brian Lee O'Malley, yeah. Uh, noted noted Canadian uh, author. Yeah. And uh, asked, basically, what if we did something with the books in an anime form? Uh Chris Evans was asked for comment. He, you know, he, he co-stars <laughs> yeah, as, as, evil, as Evil X number two. As Evil X number two, uh, the skater guy. Uh, a wonderful performance. It's so good. Yeah, it's very good. And his his team of stunt doubles. Yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes in <laughs> Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, but he said, uh, you know, the Marvel fan base is rabid, but the Scott Pilgrim fandom is just as dedicated and loyal as any fandom I've ever seen. I question that. Yeah, um, because well. and and like you know, I've got fucking a rack of Scott Pilgrim books on the shelf. Yeah, me there. too. Yeah, um, I I love those books. Uh, they're they're very good. Um, I didn't I didn't know about them for years. Uh, and I've I, I like started reading them. Um, maybe two thousand and eight or mm-hmm. something. Uh, shortly before the movie came out. Yeah, series um, ended in two thousand ten. Yeah, so like volume six came yeah. out. Uh, I think. Um, but yeah, so like, uh, you know, I, I came onto it pretty late. 
but uh, as as you know, it, it, it when it's when I started reading it in 2008 2009, as a very sad like uh, 20 21 year old, sure, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Scott Pilgrim. S- Scott Pilgrim's the good guy, He's right? A, a character to uh, aspire to. Yeah. yeah, but but that's that's the thing I think that has maybe changed uh, since these books came out is. Scott Pilgrim definitely the bad guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just a douchebag, just a big asshole. Yeah. And uh, and I think that like um, I think that you know the series ended just late enough in 2010 or 2011, whenever it was, uh, to kind of finish up before like all the all the modern um, all the modern stuff about like uh, about you know like sexual harassment right. and like. Uh, you know, aggressive white men and like all this kind of thing started grooming underage grooming. Girls. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously that stuff isn't new. No. Uh, but people weren't really talking about it as publicly as they are now. Yeah. Uh, when those books were coming out and I, I, I don't think, I don't think Brian Lee O'Malley is a creep. I would be very surprised to find out that he's one of those comic industry creeps. I don't think he is now. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I think he was writing that in a context that made sense back then. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's been, I don't know, almost fucking 15 years since the first one came out or something yeah yeah 2004 the first one came out yeah so it's been over 15 years since the first one came out if they put an animated series out now with no adjustments to the story whatsoever i don't know how well that will be received yeah um, by like gen z kids who've never never fucking uh seen the movie or read the books right and so the question is like uh do they i mean do they readapt it instead of live action uh readapt the entire series as an anime which you know given brian lee o'malley's cartooning style i think that would be really fitting um there was that xbox arcade scott pilgrim yeah good uh, game side scrolling Uh, yeah uh, do you know about this the the the, what's going on with this thing yeah yeah it was it was canceled because of the music rights and can't can't play it yeah it's gone you can't get it anywhere uh it's it's like uh you know it was an xbox live arcade exclusive yeah um and it's just gone yeah, uh, like I have an Xbox downstairs. I have a 360 downstairs that has this game installed. Yep. Uh, I'm sure that there are some Scott Pilgrim super fans out there that would buy this Xbox from me just, just for, for that the game. fucking game. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, just, it's it's a lot like uh, PT. PT that yeah. PlayStation game. Yeah, yeah. I've got um, I, I have the like the base PS4 and it has PT on it still. I'll, yeah, I'll go through it every now and then. But uh, but yeah, like it's you know Scott Pilgrim kind of it it, it it exploded at the end of the knots uh, and then just like vanished just as quickly. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I'd be curious. Uh, I don't think that it has enough um enough like popular fandom uh at the moment I, that I don't think they're. I, I think modern audiences, so people who are in their teens and, and early twenties now, mm-hmm. that that would be the target audience for. I don't know how well it would be received. Yeah. Um, and all the references wouldn't make any fucking sense. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 it it is it's written by a guy who is approaching his 40s yeah and has written for people who are i i would say now between like 30 to 40 it's 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 you know the, all the references are like for older millennials or younger gen xers right yeah. um and uh i you know if you if you tried to put that out now for kids who are like 18 years old born after 9-11 right um jesus <laughs> right like uh they they would they would be like what the fuck is this even about right yeah. like uh what the what is an extra life you just hide behind something until your health comes back 
Uh, you know, and it's, I'm sure that the, the people who are dorky enough to actually enjoy this kind of thing would understand a lot of that stuff. Yeah, there are kids out there that would. But but, uh, but I think a lot of the music stuff would be really lost on them. Yeah. Um, uh, it was written in the knots, and so, like, guitar music was having its its kind of, like, final last stand in, right. in, the, in the early knots. Um, but is now, like, a niche genre. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, when I go to small punk rock shows, things like that, it's, you know, a hundred people. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I don't think that that stuff makes a whole lot of sense to younger kids now who, uh, their primary form of popular music is like, uh, is like, uh, rap music or, or EDM, things like that, or combinations yeah. of the two, especially like trap music, um, SoundCloud stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I think a lot of those references would probably be lost on them. But, uh, yeah, I just don't know how well it would do. I would certainly watch it. I'd, I, I would watch it myself, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. Like you, I, I don't see it taking off, really, um, in this day and age. But, uh, I mean, if they did a direct adaptation, that would be a big boon because I like the movie. Yeah, me too. But I know that there were a lot of people who were really pissed off about the movie. But I like that movie, and it, but it's, you know, they were trying to cram um, probably... Six books, two hundred pages each. Yeah, um, into a yeah, into what hour and a half, hour and forty five. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Edgar Wright did a good job, uh, and I think it gets it gets the visual stuff correct, and it gets the like general aesthetic of the series correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the casting was good. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people hate Michael Sarah. I think Michael Sarah is fine in that movie. I like Michael Sarah. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think a full adaptation would be really nice uh, for the fans, but I don't know how successful it would be otherwise. Yeah. And I don't know where you, you get the movie to, to put that together in a, I don't know, in like a very slick package like you would want out of something with that visual style. It would need to be so. like 12 episodes probably. Yeah. Um, but I could see it showing up on like Crunchyroll or like Hulu would pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it would be a big Netflix thing or anything like that. No. Uh, more kind of animated news related. Uh, this was just posted today, but uh, the uh, the Simpsons, uh, the show that I would argue has outstayed its welcome. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, boy has it. Yeah, but uh, they are no, gonna, no longer going to have white actors voice characters of color. Uh, this, all, this mostly stems from... Um, a documentary about the character Apu that came out, I think, a year or two ago. And it came out, uh, there was a bunch of controversy around it. Uh, Hank Azaria, who has voiced Apu for, you know, since the show's 30 inception. Years? Yeah. T- when did that show start? 86 or yeah, something? on the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah. So Hank Azaria said, uh, hey, we're going to vacate the role. A year or two ago, documentary came out, put together by this Indian writer-director um, called My Name is Apu. And it was basically his story about growing up with The Simpsons as an Indian um, viewer and seeing Apu played, or voiced by a white man but voiced, also voiced very racistly yeah voiced very racistly by a white man and, and obviously played as a stereotype kind of his his mission to get that changed uh um, yeah, and, and i mean you know I, I don't know what the simpsons is like now i haven't watched that show and nor have i yeah I, I probably stopped watching that show in like 2000 or something yeah but uh you know n- from from what i do know of like the simpsons before then uh there's not a ton of like characters of color in that show. There's no. there's Apu, uh, and then there's like uh, uh, Doctor Fucking Hubbard. Yeah. Um, 
who is basically like a Bill Cosby stand. Yeah. Right? Um, and, uh, and yeah, so like of the two characters of color, there's like a, you know, a genial black doctor uh, and a just like racist Indian stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the one black guy at the factory. The Apu character is is bad. Yep. Uh, and and always has been and so that documentary came out and it was like you know yeah okay so you've got this uh you've got this tv show that literally everyone in america watches for you know 10 years right like the simpsons is one of the biggest biggest shows on television for the entirety of the 90s yeah um and it was in just like an absolute murderer's row uh of like of fox sunday night shows mm-hmm. uh, back then so you had the simpsons you had the x-files uh, you're King of the Hill, you had fucking Futurama. Just, like, absolute killers. Everyone watched, you know, all of them. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so, like, everyone's watching this show. It's got an Indian character who is, you know, running a nominally a 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's all this, like, you know, Ganesh stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, references to Hindu religion and uh, and all this kind of thing. And it's, it's yeah, it's a bad look. Yeah. Um, really is uh, apu's not he's not portrayed as a bad guy or anything like that right but like uh it's like oh this is this is what indian people in the in america are like right yeah he's like the lovable person of color yeah uh and so you know i totally understand the the grievance there with the apu character um uh and i mean you know we grew up here in the in the northwest obviously uh matt Groening is, is an oregon boy yeah um went to evergreen i believe Mm-hmm. Um, went to Evergreen State College up in Olympia, uh, and yeah, there's not a ton of uh, people of Indian descent here. No, uh, and especially not back in the 80s and 90s um, or the 70s when Matt Groening would have been growing up, right? Yeah, uh, and so it's you know it's 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 understandable that he has kind of a, a, a backwards view of Indian people um, as someone growing up in the Northwest uh, in that time period. Uh, but uh, the show didn't change with the times. That's the thing, yeah, and I don't think, a sh- you know, shows should be... I don't think shows like The Simpsons should be going on for 30 years. No. Um, I, I feel the same way about South Park. I think South Park should be fucking cancelled. Right. You know, and, and, and Family Guy is coming up on, like, 20 years, maybe 25 Jesus years. Jesus Christ. I mean, it got cancelled once before. Yeah. <laughs> but but then, then you have stuff like, uh, you know, Doctor Who, um, Red Dwarf, serialized you know, sci-fi or comedy. Um, but I think they change things up enough that, you know, it, it, it doesn't get stale and they do evolve with the times. Yeah, I mean, Doctor where, Who has the advantage of, like, you you know, you just fucking get rid of the Doctor every once in a while. Right, you regenerate right. the character and yeah, you have a whole new show. Yeah, yeah you get a whole new cast and, like, nothing happens in, uh, in, like, chronological order, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, like The Simpsons, which is just, like, you know, you hit the reset button after every episode. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're they're mostly just one-offs. They did do a few events, like uh, like Who Killed Mr. Burns? Yeah. Stuff like that. It has updated itself. Um, technologically, it does. You know, like, it looks better than it did, obviously, uh, back in the 90s. But I don't think there's a whole lot more depth than there was back then. No. And and the, the times kind of demand a little more depth. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. Is, is the problem, right? Like, uh, you know, and, and that is the thing, is that I, I would argue that The Simpsons had, the, the reason The Simpsons was so popular early on is because it did have depth. Um, it's nominally a, like, family sitcom. Yeah. Um, and in the 90s, in the late 80s you start to get updates to that the simpsons is one of them which basically just depicts a like uh working class um like dysfunctional family yeah like bart's an idiot and a delinquent yep 
Um, you know, like, it, it seems pretty clear that Homer and Marge are married because he knocked her up. Yeah. Um, you know, Homer is a fucking big doofus, like, uh, uh, who just kind of, like, stumbled his way into a decent job. Yeah. And there's the whole, there's the whole, like, Frank Grimes episode about how fucking stupid it is that, like, you know, Homer's life is great. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that he's an idiot and has never done anything correctly. Right. Um, and so it's like, it has some depth that did some, like, analysis of class culture and things like that occasionally um in in its early form uh but it's not doing that still uh at least i don't think it is i don't hear about it often enough right no i I haven't heard of any very special episodes of the simpsons in quite a while but uh yeah you know so anyway they're 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 doing something here to try and update themselves which is cool, yeah. So uh, Hank Azaria has said he's not going to play any more non-white characters on the show. Uh, so they will be finding a new voice actor for Apu. Right, but that's, I, you know, are they going to find someone who's just going to do a fucking Hank Azaria impression? Yeah, who right? knows? Like, that's that's what I wonder is like, yeah, okay, Hank Azaria is not going to do it. They're going to be paying, like, some person of color. That's that's one step, right? But if, if that person is just doing a fucking racist impression... Right. Uh, that Hank Azaria has been doing for 30 years. Like, have you actually changed anything? Yeah. No, and the, like, there was a very brief quote from Fox uh, saying that, um, quote, uh, moving forward, the Simpsons will no longer have white actors voice non-white characters. And that's pretty much all they said. Yeah. I mean, you know. So. Because I, I'm sure they put that out there and we're like, all right, we'll figure out the details. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Because I assume it's off the air right now. It's probably like between seasons. Prob- yeah, I, be- I believe so. I-, I have no idea. Like, I've, I don't even know what time The Simpsons is on. Like, what day it airs. Probably on Sunday, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I've been so disconnected from that series for such a long time. Uh, one more movie news uh, grouping here about release dates being delayed. We've talked about Bill and Ted Face the Music the last two weeks. Yeah, we mentioned uh, Tenet as well, which is obviously Tenet. delayed. Yeah. Uh, um, Wonder Woman is the other one. Wonder Woman 1984. And then Mulan, of course. Mulan, and then um, Unhinged, starring uh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> okay, I don't know about that one, but, uh, you, you know, whatever. Hey, man. Directed by Derek Vorty, apparently. Russell still got it. Apparently the plot to that movie is a mother played by Karen Pistorius honked her horn at the wrong guy in traffic. (laughs) Her day turns into a nightmare as a rage-fueled driver, played by Russell Crowe, makes her life a living hell as he stalks her and threatens her life at every turn. So that sounds fun. Okay, yeah. But anyway, what's going yeah. on with the movie delays? Uh, well, these theaters were all supposed to start opening back up uh, here in early to mid-July. I know AMC, Regal, Cinemark uh, all had plans nationwide to open things up, require uh, face coverings. Uh, they would have hand sanitization uh, stands. Limited occupancy. Limited occupancy, spaces in between seats, yeah. The movie theaters can't reopen yet. Yeah, unfortunate. I was, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to going back to the theaters. Uh, We've been doing this home VOD thing for, you know, three, four months now. And I do appreciate that these movies are being made available to us. And so we can still see 
new films and they're not just going to be banked until everything quote yeah. unquote goes well, back I, to I was in the Target today and I went down the toy aisle as I always do as a 32 year old man with no oh, children. Yeah, me too. Um, and uh, there was some like Black Widow toys. In yeah, there. yeah, I, was I saw like, those. Fuck, did that movie come out? Nope. Uh, <laughs> it's been pushed back. Yeah. All yeah, that's that's interesting. The entire Marvel slate has been pushed back. That's really going to fuck up their plans. Yeah. Because they're very specific about when these movies when get these released. Movies drop, yeah. So, we'll see what happens. I, Like I said, I really love going to the movies. My ideal Sunday. My ideal Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about your recipe blog. You know, I get up. It's a quiet autumn day. I go to church. There's a, I praise... There's a crisp white moon. I praise capital H him. Yeah. Praise, uh, praise be to he. Come home, do a speedball in the bathroom. Yep. And uh, then walk downtown to the movie theater and, and, and take in a movie or two. Yeah, go to the picture show. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I can't wait to get back to the movies. Yeah, I, I think that uh, when the when the theaters do reopen, uh, what I'm going to try and do is is patronize um, Kiggins yeah. as much as I can. Uh, as like the only independent theater in Vancouver, right? They've been doing they've been doing a lot of stuff to like try and get their try and survive uh, during during the, uh, the 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 pandemic. Yeah, they've had a a, a virtual uh, virtual viewing, screenings, vir- and, virtual um, screenings. Yeah, you can and, basically rent movies from them, and it's all like independent stuff. Yeah, like very well curated independent yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think, I think of, you know, if the movie theaters reopen and I'm brave enough to go see a movie, uh, I think I'll go there instead uh, mm-hmm. of going to the fucking Regal. Um, just because it's like, you know, Re- Regal can get a loan to keep their fucking theater in business. Yeah. Um, or they can close, you know, one of their theaters in fucking Cedar Rapids or something. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, there's, there's only one independent theater in Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, and it would be a fucking crying shame if they went out of business. Absolutely, yeah. But they have they have done a great job of staying afloat through all of this. I've heard from people who are familiar with the management saying, like, they're not going anywhere, but they are really looking forward to things opening back up. Like that time right before Christmas where I went to go see It's a Wonderful Life on my own. Uh, and I was the only person in the room. <laughs> That's really fun. That's a great... <laughs> Great memory. <laughs> I was like, yeah, just got out of a really long relationship. Uh, what, 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 what am I going to do? Uh, let's go see It's a Wonderful Life and then walk to the I-5 branch. <laughs> yeah, it's the 23rd of December. What could go wrong? Oh, well. I'm, I'm glad you're still here with us. Well, it's because an angel told me yeah. that uh, if I jumped off the bridge, there would be no one to post on Twitter about the misfits at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who... <laughs> Who will keep reminding people that the Libertines exist? <laughs> Do we need to be reminded? Yes. Okay. Um, was the one other big one. Except for the fact that uh, we lost like famed Hollywood producer and director Joel Schumacher this Fame, week. Famed insane man. Famed insane, very flamboyant producer director Joel Schumacher. Uh, he has a very long uh, filmography. Uh, he was 80, I think, right? He was 81. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, I croaked it there the other day. Uh, I think actually just after we recorded last time. Yeah. Um, I think it was maybe a day later. Uh, he, he croaked it. Um, Joel Schumacher, long filmography, um, mixed filmography. Oh, very mixed, yeah. Um, um, you know, there's not a lot of fucking great stuff in there. No. 
but, but uh, there is some great stuff in there. I, like I the, think Lost Boys is a great movie. Lost Boys is great. Um, he directed and wrote on uh, St. Elmo's Fire. Hate St. Elmo's Fire. Terrible mm. fucking movie, but a lot of people love it. Yeah. Talk, uh, talk to your Gen X parents. It's got that great song. The Incredible Shrinking Woman from 1981 directed that. Uh, Flatliners from 1990. Flatliners is wild, actually. Yeah, it and is. I, I'm surprised we... Wait, no, we did. We did get a remake of Flatliners. Yeah, we did. With Emma Watson? Either Emma Watson or that girl from the uh, Evil Dead remake. Or Ellen Page. I don't. I think Ellen Page was in it. Yeah, okay, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Flatliners, Flatliners Kevin Bacon, rad. as we discussed yeah. earlier. Uh, Flatliners is, is I think, classic mid-tier thriller schlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good movie. No. But, uh, but like, it's, it's, it's a movie that you would put on in, like, a mixed crowd. Yeah, for like a, a movie that came out in 1990, yeah. I, I, I think you can put that on in the background yeah, and have if, an okay yeah, time. If you, if you have a bunch of people over or something, yeah. like Flatliners is a good choice. And and those are those movies are becoming fewer and, and further between. Uh, and, and well, especially so, as movies stretch into like two and a half hour. Yeah, two two and a half hour for, fucking. Four hundred million dollar of blockbusters and shit like that. Yeah. You know, you, you don't get your flatliners anymore. Uh, not a good movie, but I, I think you know it. It had its place back yeah. then, and I, I think it's uh, it's a good one. But yeah, Joel Schumacher made that. Rest in peace. Um, uh, falling down. Uh, falling down. I, I I probably end up talking about this movie uh, once every couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fa- falling down is a movie that teenagers should not be allowed to watch. No. Uh, because it will turn them into Nazis. <laughs> Um, I watched it way too early. Yeah. Th- this is a movie that you should not be allowed to watch until your brain is fully formed. Yeah. Uh, because you'll be like, oh, yeah, he's the good guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't be allowed to watch this until you have had a soul-sucking job for, like, yeah, you know, five years. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I think it's a, it's, it's a, it is a very interesting movie. For sure. Uh, at the very least. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's deeply fucking reactionary. Bet you a lot of conservatives love this fucking movie. Oh, hundred percent. Um, yeah. uh, but, uh, but a really interesting movie, uh, that would absolutely not get made now. Nope. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's, you know, uh, if you're, if you're above the age of 25, go watch Falling Down. Go watch Falling Down. If you're under the age of 25, just, yeah, skip uh, it for a while. Read some books for a minute and then, uh, and then, you know. Come, come back in a few years. Uh, yeah, a few other highlights. He directed two Batman movies. Batman Forever in 95 with uh, Jim Carrey, that Tommy Lee Jones. Really? Yeah. We saw that in the theater. We did. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think I think the Batman, I don't want to, you know, go go really into it. Maybe, no. we, maybe we can do a little Batman double feature at some point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I think those movies are poorly remembered. Uh, and I don't think they're as bad as everyone says they are. No, absolutely not. Especially Batman Forever. Uh, Batman Forever, uh, special place in my heart. Uh, I, I think that that movie is fun. Yeah. Uh, it's and like you know it is incredibly stupid. Yeah. Both both of the Joel Schumacher Batman movies are just real fucking dumb. Yeah. Well, they took like a hard turn from the uh, yeah, Tim, from Burton Tim Burton. Films, yeah. yeah. But they, they still kept, like, the same great, like, architecture and these, like, real cool sweeping shots of Gotham City. Yeah. But at the huge, same time... Huge stone heads on buildings for yeah. some reason. <laughs> like, why would you have an observatory on top of a statue's head several stories Is up Is this up to code? Like, yeah. <laughs> and how the fuck do you get up there? Yeah. But at the same time, like, he injected, um, I think, some of the camp from... 
the 60s Batman show and like earlier Batman comics merged it pretty well with Tim Burton's style. Yeah, I, th- I think aesthetically they're similar to the Tim Burton movies. Yeah. Fucking turned up to 11. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, and I think that uh, Batman in Batman Forever, uh, Val Kilmer not doing a great job, but... Um, I think that uh, Jim Carrey is fucking crazy in that movie. Yeah. It is thus far the only Riddler we've ever gotten, I think. Uh, unless he's in one of the TV shows. Uh, live action wise, I I can't say if he was in the 60s TV show because I haven't watched it. Uh, he was that, probably in the 60s one. He's probably there, yeah. Yeah, everyone was in that. But um, yeah, at least the, the 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 only modern Riddler I think we've had. There's maybe a Riddler action. in Gotham or something, right? Yes. But it's probably like a kid on a computer. Yeah, right. Right, like, um, but uh, but yeah, like I, I think the only real Riddler we've ever gotten is is Jim Carrey, uh, and uh, he is fucking doing doing it as hard as anyone could possibly do it, as only Jim Carrey yeah. could, I think, at least at that point, at the peak of his powers. Yeah. Uh, that would have been right off Ace Ventura and the Mask. Yep. Uh, and then Tommy Lee Jones, I think, also does a great fucking, like, camp Two-Face. Yeah, I think he's having fun in that movie. Uh, he's having fun in any scene he's not with Jim Carrey, because right. apparently they hated each other. Yeah. Or at least Tommy Lee Jones hated Tommy Jim Lee Carrey. Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey, and Jim Carrey was just like, please like me, Tommy. Yeah, I saw all your movies. Uh, I really like you in The Fugitive. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think that movie's fun. Um, and uh, and I, I think that because Batman and Robin is so widely panned, I think everyone hates Batman Forever as well. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's that's fair. Uh, it, it, does, it, does have, uh, it does have Nicole Kidman in it doing nothing but, like, you know, being in a meatloaf video. Pretty uh, much, yeah. Yeah, like, the whole time. Where it's just, like, every scene with Nicole Kidman is her, like, you know, wearing, like, a negligee, fucking looking out a window with, like, drapes blowing or something, yeah. right? Like, good stuff. Just, like, a dude in a tuxedo standing behind Nicole Kidman, and he just kind of pints points at Batman as Batman comes through the, like, glass ceiling, as yeah. he is wont to do. Uh, and it's, it's very clearly 80 yard insurance rates in fucking Gotham must be a nightmare. Yeah. It's just like, oh, well, you never know when fucking and a man in a cape is going to come through your fucking skylight. plate glass window. <laughs> um, you know how much that costs? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's floor to ceiling, Bruce. God. But I bet you that fucking Wayne Enterprises owns an insurance company and he's profiting off the back end. Yeah. I would not. It sounds me. like insider trading to me. The, the, the. The SEC should really investigate Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne is just like an evil capitalist. He's a bad man. Yeah. Um, a Batman, even. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So Batman Forever, I think, uh, unfairly panned. Uh, Batman and Robin is not a good movie. No. And it, like, goes full, like, turn the dial to 11 on the camp. Like, there are even, like, silly sound effects for when people fall over or yeah, slip Yeah, fucking John Waters is like, I don't know, Joel, I wouldn't have gone that far. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's very Technicolor and neon. Yeah. It's got rubber lips. It has, uh, wax lips. Yep. Wax lips. That's yeah. right. Your kiss doesn't work on wax lips. Says <laughs> Chris O'Donnell as he rips. As, as he ruins his career. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's got, um, just some impromptu costume changes that aren't really explained. Uh, it's just... which was probably for like action figure purposes. Oh, for sure. Uh, because I, you know, like I, I remember the action figures around that time. It was mm-hmm. just like you know, fifteen fucking different Batman figures, right? That yeah. are just costume changes. Yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's. Uh, 
I don't know. It's Batman and Robin is not a good movie, but like uh, ev- everyone in that movie is just chewing on the scenery. Yeah. Uh, and it's fucking like both of these movies, both Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I mean, these actors maybe seem uh, not great in uh hindsight mm-hmm. but you gotta think about like the time period these movies came out oh for sure you get arnold schwarzenegger to play mr freeze in the fucking mid 90s are you serious yeah arnold schwarzenegger is a delight to watch yeah in this or fucking you movie. get uma thurman like fresh off of pulp fiction yeah uh in in your batman movie right um and you got george clooney uh now you know becoming a movie star for the first time uh-huh. he's on er back then um he was in you know fucking robert rodriguez movies and shit like that yeah but, like he wasn't a movie star no you know i i think of the new movie stars that were in those movies uh he's the only one who survived right like uma thurman and arnold schwarzenegger had cred already i think uma's still around and will no, probably no, no, have that's what i'm saying i think she's fine yeah right because like she had cred already she was able to do Batman and Robin and survive it. Oh, I see what you're saying. But yeah. like, but like George, Alicia Silverstone, and Chris O'Donnell uh-huh. were all relatively new to movies when yeah. that when that movie came out. And George obviously fucking did fine. Yeah. Uh, right. But like Chris O'Donnell and Alicia Silverstone just like disappeared from major movies. Yeah. Um, because that's that's post Clueless. Post Clueless was '95, I yeah. think, and so like she would have been cast in this right after she finished Clueless, right? And I don't know what the fuck Chris O'Donnell did before or after this. He did some movie about climbing a mountain, I think. Cliffhanger? No, that's Sly. <laughs> that's Sly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, different. A cold mountain, but not cold mountain with Nicole Kidman um, and Jack White. Uh, huh. There's a Civil War movie reference for you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, Joel's dead. Um, rip in peace, Joel. Rip in peace, Joel. Uh, jury's still out on whether or not Joel was a creep. Um, yeah. Nobody knows. Uh, don't, uh, don't, don't, you know, don't posthumously idolize the man, uh, just in case. But also, he never really made any particularly good movies, so, you know, you probably don't have to anyway. (laughs) Okay, but hang on. He did make 8mm. You are one of the only people I know who is just a big 8mm stand. Fucking love 8mm so much. Nicolas Cage and Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, I mean... Looking for snuff porn? Hell yeah. Two crazy, crazy men. (laughs) I love Nicolas Cage. (laughs) But it's too late to hesitate We can't keep on living like this talk about uh let's talk about christ our lord the lord the one true god yep uh apologies to our uh, muslim and jewish listeners uh and really just anybody else (laughs) um yeah uh but uh yeah let's let's talk about let's talk about two banned movies about uh jesus christ jesus of nazareth um a, a questionably real person uh, from uh, a country called Palestine. Uh, I'm doing my best to get this banned uh, right now. <laughs> uh, a country not called Israel, but called Palestine, um, uh, where where he uh, supposedly led a, a kind of Jewish cult uh, in the first century AD, which evolved into what we now know as Christianity. I know a lot about Jesus. Uh... <laughs> 
because yeah. you know I, I double majored uh, in college. Uh, you know I've mentioned my my film major before, but my other major uh, was in medieval history. Uh, so I have read that the book uh, front to back more than once, <laughs> uh, and I know a lot about things like ecumenical councils and uh, how we got to know about Jesus as he is now. Uh, and lots of, you know, political decisions that were made in like the fifth century and things like that, that led to modern Christianity. Uh, so I will try not to let that bleed in here too much. No promises. Yeah. Uh, but, um, fully expecting it to, do you want to start with the more serious movie? Uh, yeah. Why don't we? Uh, Uh, so, uh, I can, I can do us a, a last temptation here. Please do. Uh, all right. So last temptation of Christ is the first movie we watched. It's a 1988 film by Martin Scorsese. Um, you would be forgiven for not knowing this was a Martin Scorsese movie, Mm -hmm. uh, because other than a few Romans, there are no Italians in it. Um, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yes, this is a little off the wall for Martin's, uh, Martin's filmography. And it came at the end of his, like, you know, his first, his first big run. Yeah. Uh, that he had in the seventies and early eighties with, uh, with like, you know, Taxi Driver and, uh, and, and Raging Bull and The Color of Money and, and those kind of mean streets, those movies, uh, like the, the, his first big, uh, run. Uh, and then he kind of finished out the 80s with The Last Temptation of Christ. Very mm-hmm. weird movie for him to make. Uh, and then his next movie after that was Goodfellas. Uh, and then he did, like, Casino and, and so on. Yeah. Right? So th- this movie is, like, pretty out of place in the Martin Scorsese filmography. Uh, but, of course, he's a New York Italian boy. He was raised Catholic. Uh, right. So he- I assume he's pretty close to the source material. He just needed to get the Christ out of his system. Yeah, he just needed to wash it out so he could hang out with De Niro again. Yeah. Uh, De Niro, notably not in this movie. Um, but, uh, yeah. So Last Temptation of Christ is a 1988 drama film, uh, starring Willem Dafoe, uh, in the principal role as, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I'd say the secondary character in this is Judas Iscariot, uh, played by Harvey Keitel. For sure. Um, Judas, uh, Judas gets uh, a much fairer play in this movie, I think, than he gets everywhere else for the last 2000 years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the movie is a, a, a much more like realistic version of the events of the gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, it basically follows Jesus as a like conflicted Messiah character. Uh, it's basically suggested that he's been like hearing voices his whole life. Um, and he knows or at least believes that he is the son of god yeah um and he's kind of uh fighting against that because he doesn't he doesn't want to be uh the the messiah um that uh, that everyone keeps talking about because uh, there there was at the time of jesus a um a lot of messianic cults among jews mm-hmm. in, in the middle east uh and and so he doesn't want to be the messiah he doesn't want to be another one of these cult leaders uh, and and then he just kind of like falls into it as the movie goes on, uh, and then really finds his footing um, as as a messiah figure, um, and and does all of the you know miracles that you're familiar with from uh, from Sunday school. Yeah. Uh, but the movie is uh, it's you know if if there were a like gritty reboot of Jesus, this is it. This is the gritty reboot of <laughs> Jesus. Uh, because, you know, uh, he's not portrayed as a, like, uh, straight-up hero by any means. Um, he has lots of 
internal conflict and uh he has you know uh you know real relationships with characters Mm -hmm. uh he's not like messianic philosopher the way he's depicted in a lot of other media right uh he's a flawed person he's made mistakes uh he doesn't like himself um he you know goes back and forth on how he feels about god uh, and, uh, it also portrays some of the side characters in a much grittier way. So like the, um, the folklore, uh, of Mary Magdalene being a prostitute, mm-hmm. uh, contained nowhere in the Bible, just heads up to everybody. It's not in there. You can't find it. Uh, but the folklore of, uh, Mary Magdalene being a Bible, uh, being a prostitute, um, is, is like very explicit here. Yeah. Uh, there's a really like long gross scene where like Jesus is just like waiting in line at, at her house mm-hmm. as just like, you know, 20 some odd dudes just like take turns. Her, yeah. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's handled in a, in a pretty gritty way. Uh, Judas is portrayed as a like militant murderer, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get a, we get some content about the zealots, uh, in this movie, the zealots being another like, um, uh, Jewish group, uh, in first century, um, Palestine, uh, who were like a political organization seeking to overthrow the Romans, uh, and not necessarily like a messianic religious organization. So there's conflict between the zealots and Jesus. And, uh, so, you know, we get, we get like more fleshed out characters here than you would get at Sunday school. Yeah. Uh, and they're all portrayed as like pretty real people. Uh, but you know, other than that, not a ton to say about the plot because, you know, if you're any younger than 2000 years, uh, uh, you're, you're (laughs) pretty pretty familiar with the story. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I think notably the movie, um, has a, a fake out ending. Right. Uh, that uh, if you were seeing this movie in the theaters in 1988, um, didn't know what the runtime of the movie was. Uh, but, uh, you know, this movie is two hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, and, typical Scorsese. Uh, Jesus gets crucified at the two hour mark. Yeah. Uh, and you would think... That's the end. Yeah, uh, they got it. They did all the miracles. <laughs> got it in one. Yeah, he, he went to a wedding in Cana. Uh, you know, fucking went to go see John the Baptist. Uh, yeah. John the Baptist gets his head cut off off screen. Yep. Uh, all, all, all that kind of thing. You know, got them all. Uh, and then, uh, you know, kick the money changers out of the temple, blah, blah, blah. Uh, now he's up on the cross. All right. Uh, you know, I can go take, I can go to the bathroom now. Nope. 45 more minutes of this movie. Oh, fuck. Uh, and, and what, what happens there at the end is after Jesus is crucified, uh, you know, he has his usual, um, his, he's in his usual pose. Yep. Uh, um, and uh, and he uh, he you know does the you know father why have you forsaken me etc uh, and then uh, and an angel shows up uh, mm-hmm. to kind of relieve him of his pain uh, and what follows is this angel takes him off the cross uh, and then the last forty five minutes of the movie are him living a like normal life yeah. as just a Jewish man in Palestine in in the first century. Uh, he marries, uh, he marries Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Uh, she dies, uh, in childbirth, in childbirth. Uh, and then he actually marries both, uh, Mary and Martha, yeah. uh, other Mary. There's three Marys in the Bible. So many Marys. Um, Mary, he marries both Mary and Martha, uh, has children, you know, he's just like working as a carpenter. Um, and, and then, and this angel has just like follows him around the whole time. Um, and, uh, at the end, uh, the Romans are, uh, sacking Jerusalem. The, the, the apostles, uh, now kind of aged, yeah. uh, show up, um, to Jesus as he's, as he's like laying in his deathbed. Yeah. 
uh, and Judas shows up to kind of excoriate him for uh, for kind of going back on everything he said he was going to do, um, you know, 20 or 30 years prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and then um, Jesus uh, makes the decision to... Uh, kind of drag himself back up to Golgotha um, and uh, and uh, begs God to crucify him. Uh, and then it kind of flashes back to his crucifixion uh, where he, he uh, utters the last line of the movie, which is, it is accomplished. Yeah. Uh, and so um, this movie gets a lot of crap for that last 45 minutes, particularly from religious people. Um, not from like movie critics. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be upset about the fact that the movie has a fake out ending at two hours and then goes on for 45 more minutes. Uh, but uh, it gets a lot of crap from religious people because they see it as blasphemy, um, you know, to ignore all the other blasphemy earlier in the movie. Right. Uh, they see it as blasphemy to depict Jesus having a like normal yeah. life. Um, and uh, what I think they don't understand uh, is the title of the fucking movie. <laughs> Um, yeah. Like, how do you, I don't understand how you watch this movie and you're like, it's called The Last Temptation of Christ. Which was The Last Temptation? When are we going to see that Last Temptation? Yeah, The Last Temptation is when he's on the cross and uh, basically this angel who is Satan, Satan yeah. um, shows up uh, and offers him his Last Temptation, which is you can just stop all this and live a normal life. Yeah. Uh, and so he basically has this long vision of like what it would be like for him to just have a normal fucking life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he uh, declines the temptation at the very end, uh, as he had done in the desert earlier, uh, and uh, kind of begs to be back on the cross. Yeah. Uh, and then he dies in the way that you're, you know, usually familiar with. Yeah. Uh, and so I get really annoyed by religious people who are upset about this, because basically all they're saying is that, like, the last temptation for Christ the man is to, you know, not have to suffer on the cross and to live a normal life. And he declines that temptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and opts to die on the cross as you expect. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's actually a pretty good depiction of Christ your Lord, uh, denying the, you know, I don't want to die by asphyxiation and blood loss on a fucking cross in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, decides even after I've been shown this good life that I could have, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's the person that you're worshiping. Uh, and, you know, just pay attention for once. Anyway, that's what happens in The Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about it, uh, you know. You saw this movie as a teenager, right? I did, yeah. I did, you know, cult classic section Hollywood video, as usual. And I remember just, it was, it was one of those movies back when I was renting a whole lot of weird movies when I was like 17, 18 years old, where I just wanted weird psychedelic films or films with like a lot of violence. It was very edgy. It was like super edgy. A movie about Jesus? Yeah. I mean, because, and you know, like you, you would, uh, like this, this, this says a lot about uh, how, how risky it is to make a movie about Jesus uh, is there's not a lot of them. Um, right. Not, not a lot of, uh, you know, real movies. There's right. certainly a lot of like evangelical films about Jesus. Of course, yeah, yeah. But, like, Martin Scorsese making a fucking Jesus movie is mm-hmm. not something you get particularly often. Yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're not trying to evangelize to you. Uh, I, I, you know, if you, you would compare this to... Um, Passion? Passion of the Christ, yeah. Which came out when I was in high school. That's 2004, maybe? 2002? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about the Passion uh, during the Passion scene in yep. this movie. Because, like, they, they, they couldn't be more different. No. Absolutely um, not. Because the Mel Gibson version is, uh, you know, is 30 minutes of fucking ultra violence. On and on and on, yeah. Um, and uh, the the passion scene in this movie uh, is, 
I don't know, 15 minutes? Yeah, tops. Yeah, like there's 15 minutes between uh, his conversation with Pilot, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, he has his, has his talk with Pilot, and then, you know, there's couple of minutes of him getting beaten by centurions he gets yeah. whipped a little bit uh gets a crown of thorns then carries his cross up to golgotha yeah uh and uh and um and that's that's pretty much it it's pretty short and sweet um versus the mel gibson version where it's like slow motion shots of like a hooked like a hooked whip tearing chunks of flesh out yeah, of the man yeah. out of superman's back um this is jim caviezel right he played jesus twice yeah um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, it's, you know, I, the, the Mel Gibson one, and I think that's funny because this movie got banned uh, for, for its depiction of Jesus and the apostles and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, The Passion of the Christ, very beloved movie. Beloved. In the United States, at least. Churches organized, like, buses. Viewings and, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that the, uh, the Passion of the Christ is the much more blasphemous movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's, it's basically focusing on the exact wrong part of the story. Yeah. Uh, it's focusing on the violence that happens to Jesus <laughs> as opposed to Jesus's yeah. message, which yeah. is explicitly anti-violent. Um, but yeah, so anyway, you got this out of cult classics. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, I, I probably hadn't watched it in about a decade. Which girlfriend did you subject to this movie? Oh, Jesus. Um, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Boy, I don't know. Would have been 17, 18 years old. So just bouncing between different girl- yeah. girlfriends. Who, who can say? Who can say? <laughs> but, um, yeah, whose Facebook page have you liked recently? Yeah, don't do that. But uh, when I rewatched it today, like for the first time in many, many years. It's a good morning movie. Yeah, nice Saturday morning with my <laughs> wife. We watched The Last Temptation of Christ. <laughs> yeah, when the, the Pontius Pilate scene. I forgot about this. I forgot about this too. Yeah. And I, I looked up and I was like, holy shit, it's David Bowie. Yeah, I heard I heard the voice. Yeah, and I was like, "No, oh, Pontius is British. That's weird. Sounds familiar though." And then like he came into a close up, and I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah, it's Dave, Sir David." Yeah, uh, yeah, David Bowie in one of his in one of his great cameos. Yeah, uh, as Pontius Pilate, which is just very good. It's gr- it's a great scene. Yeah, um, it's it's a great scene of Pontius Pilate just being like, "Give me an excuse not to fucking execute you." Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, is, is, is book accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, Pon- Pontius Pilate is, uh, is, is not supposed to be super eager to, uh, crucify Jesus, but he's basically been given no other option. Yeah. Um, but yeah, David Bowie shows up as, uh, as Pontius Pilate, uh, and puts in a good, uh, good couple of minutes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, one of my other notes here is, uh, Peter Gabriel's music score for this. It was Peter Gabriel. That's who it is. Yeah. It fucking rules. Yeah, so the, the score... It seems out of place every now and then. Yeah, there's a couple of scenes where I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's it's like a world music thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's another thing I would say about this movie that I think is very good and I think sets it apart from uh, evangelical Jesus movies mm-hmm. uh, is uh, accuracy. Right. Uh, and it's not necessarily... Not like biblical accuracy, but no. like historical accuracy. Um, it's not necessarily, like, completely fucking accurate. But, like, the whole cast isn't white. Yeah. Uh, most of the principal characters are played by white people. Sure. Um, and, and I would say that, like, Willem Dafoe's wig, or maybe it's his real hair, I don't know, uh, is very, like, Renaissance painting. Uh-huh. Uh, very, like, blonde Jesus. Yeah. Kind of thing. Uh, whereas all the apostles look like, you know, like, olive-skinned Jews from the Middle East. Absolutely. Should look. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 
and I and you know the 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 background cast is filled with like there's lots of black people there there's lots of arabs mm-hmm. there's you know there's lots of like other olive skinned people um whereas when you watch like and it's also very dirty um yeah that was one of the things i noticed today is like you, you can see like dirt under their fingernails yeah there's like, a lot of shots of like people sacrificing animals and like um yeah you know, dogs, blood like, everywhere drinking and, blood in the streets yeah it's very filthy to look at, and it's like you would never see that in an evangelical Christian movie, no. uh, because they want to depict Jesus and his disciples as uh, like you know completely above board, yeah, uh, like you know God fearing Americans, right? Uh, and it's like I don't know, you guys read this book? Uh, it might. It's about you know some some like underground fucking first century Jews, yeah. Who, you know, some of them want to overthrow the Romans and some of them believe in a cult leader. Uh, and <laughs> that's what's actually happening there. And right. so I, I think the movie does that stuff pretty good. Yeah. There's that scene with uh, where they go to see John the Baptist uh, and it's like a fucking rave. Oh, yeah. Uh, where they're in like a natural amphitheater, which is, I think, how they get away with explaining the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause there's like weird echoing music and yeah. shit. And you can see like dudes playing drums and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's people like fucking freaking out and yeah. like having, you know, like, uh, like group hallucinations and right. shit. Mostly naked. Yeah. It's a very burning man scene. Yeah, it really is. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's stuff like that in there that would never play in an evangelical movie, no, but, um, not. you know, based, <laughs> based on what I've read about religious cults in this time period, uh, not inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I think that's something that, like, I, I, this movie does really well, and I'm sure that a lot of Christians hated that mm-hmm. uh, because they prefer the lily white, uh, you know, clean version of Jesus, yeah, uh, and not the like, you know, messianic cult leader that is actually uh, depicted in those books, right? Um, but yeah, the Peter Gabriel score uh, is like a mix of world music um, and guitar rock, and guitar rock. Yeah, there's there's there are a few scenes where like an electric guitar just starts playing over things i'm like what's going on here and phil collins comes in on the yeah. drums just like do 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 yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah and like and sometimes when the guitar comes in it did remind me of um how Zack snyder uh introduces wonder woman in uh the the batman and superman and justice league films it's like it's, it's, it's like a yeah uh but also i hate the wonder woman theme song yeah um, it's extremely out of place it sucks <laughs> uh it, you know but it, it is what it is but like it's it's it yeah you're right like it's wonder woman shows up and it's like yeah um you know like Buckethead is on the fucking guitar or something <laughs> uh but uh but yeah so they, it's out of place sometimes there's a few scenes where i was watching it and i was like this is weird mm-hmm. <laughs> like um but uh but I, I think you know like um for a movie that is that is pretty diverse looking, yeah, um, and and uh, historically, you know, correct ish, right? Uh, I think the kind of world music stuff is good because you know, um, when people think of Jesus, they think of church music, mm-hmm. but that is absolutely not what have been would have been happening, right, uh, at the time. It yeah. would have just been like you know, people fucking chanting and playing drums and makeshift guitars and string instruments and shit yeah. like that. Uh, I, I, it's, I think it's a pretty interesting movie. Um, Definitely, yeah. I, I think, I, I, I mean, whether or not you're a Christian, a Catholic, you have any interest in religion, like, I think it's worth a watch. 
Yeah, I think Willem Dafoe puts in a good performance. Yeah. Uh, I love Willem Dafoe, Me personally. Too. Um, uh, and he has... Uh, I think Willem Dafoe is a great face actor. Yeah. Because he's got that weird goblin face. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and him playing kind of like a tortured, uh, like, early 30-something Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I think he, I think he does a really good job. Uh, I really like Harvey Keitel's performance as as Judas. Yeah, his red hair was a little bit weird. So that's that's a that's an old uh, that's an old. Um, was he a ginger? Uh, it's a trope. Okay. Uh, like actual Judas Iscariot, assuming there's a, a historical Judas Iscariot. Yeah. Uh, probably not a ginger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, red hair in in like medieval folklore is frequently associated with uh, like kids who are born with red hair are often you know they're like well they're doomed. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, you're gonna be a sorcerer or a vampire or something. <laughs> um, Eastern like this persisted in Eastern Europe until like the 16th century. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like red hair is is not a good sign. Um, yeah. usually in, in, um, in most of Europe, uh, obviously you get redheads up in, in Scandinavia and by extension of Viking invasions to Britain and Ireland and Scotland, you have redheads where we're from. Uh, but, um, the, in the rest of Europe, it's not particularly common, mm-hmm. especially down in like Italy, um, and places like that. And so red hair is usually a sign of, of, you know, there's some evil in this person's spirit that is going to manifest at some point. And so like Judas has been frequently depicted throughout the years with red hair. Uh, and so that's what that's about. Well, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, w- I was thinking about theology this morning. Uh, as, as you do. As you do on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I wake up, lay in bed, rip the jewel, think about theology. <laughs> um, I should have gone to the seminary. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, like uh, Judas, I think gets a better rap in this movie than he gets pretty much everywhere else. Yeah. Uh, Judas is like, you know, you call people a Judas. Right. Uh, if you're saying they're a traitor basically. Um, and, uh, that's not necessarily what's depicted in the book. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are mixed on their assessment of Judas. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Matthew uh, basically says that the money Judas gets to betray Jesus, that that wasn't actually his goal. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think the Gospel of Matthew says, you know, Judas uh, didn't want the money necessarily. Right. Um, the money, I think, doesn't come up at all in one of them. Um, and uh, in the others, it's, uh, it's, it's like questionable whether or not like uh judas wants the money or not so like the whole thing like judas betrayed jesus for 30 pieces of silver or whatever Mm -hmm. as you saw in you know dracula 2000 um (laughs) uh, is uh which i i don't know why i still remember that movie um (laughs) i skipped that one honestly and i'm the only person who's seen that movie i guess um in the theater (laughs) why i don't know um i can't remember uh, but, uh, but yeah, J- Judas is is variously portrayed in his betrayal in the actual Gospels. Um, in the 1970s, so after this movie was written, mm-hmm. uh, or after the book was written, but before this movie was made, uh, they found the Gospel according to Judas out in the Middle East, uh, which was an extant scripture from the uh, 3rd century. So maybe right. between... 240 and 320 or so and you know just like the other gospels there was a gospel according to judas uh which of course depicts judas much more favorably sure 
Um, and so, there, you know, religious scholars are mixed on Judas uh, and the story of Judas. Um, some of them portray them like he's portrayed in this movie as like Jesus's closest uh, follower uh-huh. uh, and his like best follower. Right. Uh, the, the only person who like really understands Jesus's plan, which comes across in this movie where like there's the other apostles. Yeah. Uh, the other disciples. I can never remember which one it is. Um, there's apostles. The apostles are the later guys. Yeah. Paul and so so on. Um, the disciples. George, uh, John, Ringo. George, John, Ringo, uh, Pete Doherty, uh, yeah. fucking Carl Barat, <laughs> uh, Gary Glitter, Trey Cool, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the apostles. Chris Rock. <laughs> uh, we could have watched Dogma. Um, oh, boy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the disciples in this movie are, like, side characters, except Judas, Uh, And Judas is, like, the only person that Jesus really explains his, like, plan to. Yeah. Um, And, and, like, you know, he's the person who, like, comforts Jesus and all this Mm -hmm. kind of thing when he's talking about dying. Uh, And that's not out of step with some modern theologists who basically say, like, yeah, Judas was the apostle who knew the plan well enough that he was the one who was willing to do the betrayal. Yeah. Because that was the only way that Jesus would get crucified. Right. Is if Judas went and got the Roman authorities to arrest Jesus uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, which, as we know from that famous tweet, uh, is uh, where Jesus solved all of the future sins of mankind, including people blasting rope to Waluigi porn. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with this tweet. <laughs> it's one of my favorite tweets of all time. Okay, uh, it's like <laughs> it's like cr- Christ- Christian mythology says that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus saw all of the all of the sins mankind would ever uh, would ever commit, uh, and, in, and and still decided to save mankind, which includes people blasting rope to Waluigi porn. <laughs> So just think about that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, while you're while you're jerking it to uh, Bowsette. Yeah, that's that's how that's how solid a bro Jesus Christ is. Yeah, he was like, "You got to stop doing that, man." But I'm still gonna save mankind. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so you know, Judas gets a fair play in this movie that I think is more in line with modern theology. But for you know, 1500 years, Judas has been thrown under the bus as a traitor. Yeah. Um, He's depicted in Dante's Divine Comedy as one of the heads on uh, on on the body of uh, or or one of the one of the heads is it devouring Lucifer or Lucifer Lucifer's devouring him uh, something like that but like it's him and Cassius and Brutus who are the people who killed fucking Julius Caesar mm-hmm. uh, so it's like you know historical traitors Judas is one of the top three yeah. Um, so yeah, Harvey Keitel, secondary character in this movie, does a good Judas, uh, and Judas I think gets a fair shake here that he doesn't get pretty much anywhere else. Yeah, uh, which I think a lot of evangelical Christians hate uh, because unlike what it says in the book, they're looking for someone to hate. Right. Um, and you know can't get those people off that hatred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was surprised to see this depiction of Judas. I didn't remember it being so. Uh, favorable it's extremely sympathetic yeah yeah i mean and he's he's sent by the zealots at the start of the movie to kill kill yeah that's when you're introduced to him yeah Yeah. and uh then they like start this great bromance there is that scene in the garden where you know all the uh the apostles the disciples are sleeping and there's kind of a funny moment at the beginning where john or paul ringo Ringo, George, George I'm not sure. Pete Best, Pete Best, uh, uh, Stu, Stu Sutcliffe. One of them. Uh, there's like George Martin. There's two bros like 
they're they're you know around the fire they're trying to sleep and then a third bro comes in he's like hey scoot over i want to lay down by the fire and then the guys are like no there's no room here go lay on the other side of the fire and they're uh, they're just like all trying to snuggle up yeah it was it was adorable and amusing and then peter wants to lay down uh, next to the fire and they're like no fuck off dude yeah (laughs) pete best yeah pete best but then they cut to uh that's that scene with uh jesus and judas and um they have this whole conversation under the tree and one of the apostles comes over and they're like hey what are you doing and jesus says go back to sleep fuck off i'm talking to judas judas and i are talking yeah i'm talking to my best bro judas I'm just like yes. Okay, I see where. Yeah, you're. and I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, claim to know what Scorsese's intention is here, right? Because there's there's one angle where uh, it's like he's setting up Judas as Jesus's best friend, yeah. to pay off the betrayal, right? right? Um, but I, I think the the other angle, which I think is more theologically accurate, um, and some scholars would agree with me. Okay, uh, as a scholar. Uh, as a man of letters, uh, I have a lab coat on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, um, as, as I think it's actually like building up Judas as the only person who can do the betrayal. Yeah. Uh, because Jesus knows it's necessary. Right. That someone has to betray him. Uh, and the only person he can actually trust to do it is Judas. Yeah. And so it's actually like the opposite of Judas being a traitor. Uh, he's, he's the, he's the one person that Jesus trusts enough to actually go through with the betrayal. Yeah. Uh, and the other disciples are variously depicted as like cowards. Uh-huh. Uh, or, um, I don't know which disciple it is, but one of them is, I think it might be John or James maybe, uh, is, is constantly talking about his fucking sheep. He just wants more sheep. Yeah. Man. He's just like, look, I don't know when, where my sheep are. When, when this revolution is done, I'm going to get more sheep. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> that's what he's in it for. Yeah. The rest of them aren't really painted very favorably. Yeah. Uh, they, they argue about like when Jesus is in the desert, they're all like waiting yeah. for him to come back and they like argue about like, should we just fucking leave or like, not? Let's just bounce guys. Uh, and, he's uh, been gone a month. Yeah. He's been gone 30 days and you know, clearly none of us have ever read the Bible because uh you know things don't happen in 40 day periods in the bible yeah it's like guys you've read the book just wait 10 more days more days it'll be cool that's the rule 40 years in the desert yeah 40 days okay we're familiar with the numbers yeah uh it's a big like hebrew numerology thing Mm -hmm. uh that's also the reason why the cross is a t-shape um which is not necessarily accurate oh i thought it was just related to t-pain yeah, it is. Yeah, T Pain, uh, T Pain designed all the crosses. Right. Um, it's you know, the top hat and everything. Yeah. Uh, he's on a boat in Galilee getting fish. I'm on a boat in Galilee with my best friend Jesus. <laughs> um, uh, no, like the two different kinds of crosses used in in Roman executions. Uh, the the traditional cross is actually just a fucking straight up and down board. Yeah. And you're you 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 do one of these. Yeah. Like hands above your head, kind of thing. Uh, and then the the crux camisa uh, is is the T shaped cross, uh, but the Greek letter for T uh, is numerologically the letter or is numerologically like the number three hundred, uh, which has significance in Jewish numerology, mm-hmm. and so that's why like the T shaped cross takes hold huh. uh, in in early Christianity. It's actually more likely that Jesus got crucified on a traditional cross, which is just a fucking stick in the just ground. A board. Um, <laughs> but yeah. This is this is why all evangelicals listening should read a fucking book once in a while. You'd be inc- you'd be amazed at the things you'll learn. Uh, clearly, I'm, I don't have deep seated opinions about this. Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. 
I didn't spend years learning medieval history. Uh, but yeah, the, it's, there's some there's some good stuff with the disciples. Um, and I think it's very good as as opposed to what you would get in other like Jesus flicks. Yeah. Where they would all be portrayed as like extremely holy people. Right. Right. Because the, the evangelicals that normally make these movies don't want to do any blasphemy whatsoever. Mm hmm. Uh, which is counter to character development. Uh, and this movie does the maximum amount of blasphemy. Yeah. Uh, which uh, which actually leads to, like, good character development. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I think that stuff's all very good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it gets kind of... Uh, the, the blasphemy angle and the, the public outrage and the bannings all kind of get drummed up a little bit too much because... Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's just... It's a solid historical movie. It's way better than The Passion of the Christ. Yes, absolutely. Like, miles better. Yeah. Um, right around there. But yeah, like, Passion wasn't met with the same controversy that this movie was. No, absolutely not. Um, and, and you know, I, I think that the the Temptation controversy was across all Christian groups. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Catholic ha Catholics hated it. Yeah. Fucking evangelicals hated it. Um, but with passion, both the Catholics and the evangelicals embraced this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that has a lot to do with historical context. Uh, as, as you know, from attending Catholic mass, right. Uh, we have a program called, uh, uh, just disclaimer, neither of us go to church. No, <laughs> no, not for a long, long time. Yeah. We used to go to Christmas mass and then they started making us watch it on the live telecast and we were like, fuck it. I'm uh, not sitting no. in a middle school gymnasium. Let's go get beers. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, there was, there was a program called like Catholics come home. Yeah. Uh, the Catholic church is having a really hard problem with, uh, like congregation numbers. Mm hmm. Uh, and so one of the things that's happened in the U.S. is the Catholic Church has become much much more similar in style to evangelical churches uh, in, in their marketing and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And so uh, the passion got embraced by both evangelicals and Catholics, uh, despite doing like pretty much the same level of blasphemy as, mm -hmm. as temptation. Like there was just no prostitutes. No. Like that's the real difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you will take your 13-year-old to yeah. see this ultra-violent, like... Oh, yeah. Like, the, this this passion was coming out at the same time as, like, you know, uh, horror or uh, uh, torture porn movies. Yeah. Hostile, Hostile and, Like, those uh, movies were all yeah, in the theater passion. at the same time. Yeah. And, like, I think The Passion of the Christ is a torture porn movie. Uh-huh. Um, whereas The Temptation of Christ is actually a, like, you know, two-and-a-half-hour Martin Scorsese character piece yeah. about a guy who isn't sure... That he can die on a cross to save mankind. Mm -hmm. It may be uh, punctuated with a little graphic violence at the end, but it's it's nothing close to even what then, Passion yeah. of the Christ they, did. And they they do they do a thing with the crucifixion where they uh they they do what is uh, probably historically accurate. Um, I don't know. They're still doing these in Saudi Arabia. Ask them. <laughs> um, but uh, they they put uh, boards over his hands to nail through. Yeah. Right. So you never see the like fucking nail going through the hand and shit the right. same way you see it in like the Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Where you get like an extreme close up of like a gigantic fucking nail going through someone's hand. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like they're there. I think it's much more tasteful in the depiction of violence uh, in in Temptation versus in Passion. Um, but uh, some other things about this movie, some visual stuff. Uh, I think the stuff in the desert is really good. Yeah. Uh, reminds me of Altered States. Sure, yeah, yeah. That, that was kind of the, like the, the psychedelic angle that I, yeah. I, I was looking for back, uh, back when I was a teenager. When you were a big Altered States fan. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that movie. Yeah. 
doesn't hold up really well. Um, uh, the uh, the end of the movie uh, after Christ is uh, you know put back on the cross and um, crucified and you know said it has been accomplished. Uh, it goes into a kind of psychedelic technicolor like world yeah. over the credits, um, which I I took to be you know his ascension. Uh, and that's you know uh, Paul Saul of Tarsus uh, who, who shows up in this movie. Saul yeah. of Tarsus shows up as a zealot uh, who's just like Judas. What the fuck are you doing? You were supposed to kill this guy, right? Uh, and then he shows up later in the movie as Paul. Yeah. Uh, uh, who has you know been converted and is is preaching the is preaching the gospel uh, despite the fact that in that kind of like um, in that world in the uh, in the dream sequence at the mm-hmm. end of the movie you know Jesus never fulfilled any of the prophecies yeah. that he's supposed to have fulfilled but Paul is still out there preaching them as though they did happen yeah uh, but Paul describes you know Jesus or God as like a uh, like a white light that came to him um, the gospel of Judas uh, describes uh, God as like a uh, like a like a flashing like white cloud essentially not uh-huh. not a man but like a like a, a colorful like light entity yeah uh, and that's kind of what's happening in those credits is just like flashing like fucking you know technicolor uh the start of monty python's holy uh holy grail kind of thing uh right <laughs> uh but uh yeah so like you know that's not uncommon uh depicting uh depicting uh heaven or god as as you know color yeah uh and light as opposed to you know the way evangelicals typically typically depict it uh which is like a tailgate party yeah um <laughs> but uh but yeah so that that stuff is is kind of psychedelic uh and i think the stuff in the desert where you've got like the snake talking and then like a fucking lion shows up yeah and then there's like, that was a really cool big pillar of fire yeah. and all this kind of thing um and uh, that, that stuff's all all really good but uh but yeah uh, I don't know. I, I, I really liked The Last Temptation of Christ. I did. I'm glad I got to revisit it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good Jesus movie. It's a good Jesus movie. It's a, it's a, it, I think it's a, a, an important, you know, film artifact, uh, you know, for, for our, the previous generation and our generation. Um, and yeah, I think anyone should watch it. Yeah. Um, you did just mention uh, Monty Python. I did, yeah, and that's what we got to talk about next, which is uh, the best Jesus movie. Yeah, uh, the superior, the Jesus superior movie. film of <laughs> Monty Python's Life of Brian, also known as Life of Brian, released in '79, starring the usual Pythons, the uh, usual suspects. Yeah, so when yeah. they when they were all still alive, so Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, they didn't hate each other as much. No, John Cleese wasn't being a big dickhead, right? Or Cleese, rather, yeah. as he as he will remind you, it rhymes with cheese. Fuck off, John. I know. Uh, Terry Gilliam, who also did all the animation for the film and the the title sequence. Uh, Eric Idle, who loves money. <laughs> uh, Terry Jones and Eric Idle is my of the surviving Pythons. Eric Idle is my favorite interview because uh, he's just he's just looking for that bag. He really just he just wants that cheddar. And Michael Palin, who I think is the most delightful surviving Python. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the film was directed by Jones and Gilliam, and apparently there was some um, some blow-ups on the set, and Gilliam was basically kind of shoot away to just handle all the animated interstitials. Yeah, and uh, handle the alien abduction scene. The alien abduction scene, which is great. But uh, basically the plot of this movie is um, centers around uh, Brian Cohen, uh, a young Jewish man. 
uh, who's born on the same day and just down the street from Jesus. And he's born in the manger next door. Yeah, he's in the manger next door. And you have this wonderful opening scene where you're led to believe this film is about Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, you've got a baby in the manger. You have uh, Terry Jones as uh, his mother. And uh, you have the three wise men in blackface, unfortunately. Well, you know. I know. It was a Python movie. Uh, Britain in the 1970s. <laughs> The three wise men show up. It could be up. Britain in the fucking 19... In, in 2017, they'll yeah. still be doing blackface. <laughs> they haven't figured that out over there yet. Um, but the three wise men from the Bible show up, uh, you know, to praise him and give him gold and myrrh and, and myrrh, frankincense. frankincense. Yeah. And substances, no one has any idea what they are. Yeah. And then um, they take off and, and Brian's mom is thrilled to have these gifts. And then the three wise men realize that, oh no, Jesus Christ is just one manger over. <laughs> yeah, and so... He's in the council estate next door. <laughs> come back and take the gifts and bring it over to christ and 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 that's where the movie kind of takes off and it shifts to well it stays with brian and so we get to watch the story of this young man who was born next to christ uh and it's next door to jesus yeah eventually um is mistaken for the messiah yeah um and i was he basically just like bumbles through it's graham chapman yeah uh, as as Jesus, yep. uh, our dad, our dad. Uh, this is yeah. Our, our our father had a striking resemblance to Graham Chapman. <laughs> it really does. Uh, but um, uh, it's it's Graham Chapman as Jesus, uh, just like bumbling through all of the places that Jesus is supposed to be. Yeah. Um. And and like accidentally, people think that he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then and and not, no no good comes of it. No. I think I think maybe the one time we actually see Jesus, like grown up Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and he's like in the distance. He's in the distance and you just get, you know, the, uh, the you get a great scene uh, of the audience. Uh, uh, a lot of anti-Roman sentiment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this this movie notably has uh, has two revolutionary groups. Yep. Uh, the, the People's Front of Judea. And the Judean, and the Judean People's, People's Front. Front. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a, um, you know, maybe makes less sense now, uh, but like 1970s Britain, uh, it, definitely a, a joke about like, uh, about like, you know, populist politics in that time period where yeah. you just have like groups that are, they absolutely hate each other. Uh, but you know, 95% of their platform is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just like can't agree on the like remaining five percent. You get you, know, you get all these great like political arguments where they're just like trying to come up with decrees. Yeah. Uh, and people are like, well, no, you, we don't want to disclude the the Romans who like work on the aqueduct. Uh, <laughs> the aqueduct is good. Let's you know. Yeah. Just the centurions uh, are the problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very very good stuff. Uh, yeah. So you, you see Jesus in the background at the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but like, uh, Bri- the, the movie is about Brian. Yeah. Uh, who has just been mistaken for Jesus his entire life. And he just wants to get laid. Yeah. He d- and he does. He does, yes. Uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a great uh, full frontal scene. Oh, man. Uh, classic, classic 1970s full frontal scene. Yeah. Um, uh, where he, like, opens the window. Yeah, and there's uh, crowds and crowds of people out, 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 outside his window because they're waiting for the Messiah and he's just woken up from like a, a pre, you know postcoital uh, sleep with uh, Judith, I think. Judith, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he he swings the uh, the the doors open, the, the window doors open, and uh, he's fully nude, and he's just like you know basking in the sun with his donger out. 
And then there's just like a few thousand people right in front of him. It's waiting for Jesus. Yeah. Just <laughs> praise the Messiah. Very good stuff. Uh, I mean, in typical Python fashion, it's it could be broken down into just sketches uh based on the same subject right um, like it could it could have been like a recurring flying circus yeah thing right where it, it it's could have been just, just like, like an ongoing bit yeah and, and now we go to the story of brian right fucking um and, and you know you've just got like recurring five minute bits yeah. about brian being fucking very downtrodden because people keep mistaking him for deep for jesus yep um but uh but it's a full movie of that yeah and it's strung together real well, I think. Yeah. Um, Graham Chapman like puts in a great performance. When did Graham die? Uh, noted alcoholic Graham Chapman. Yeah. Uh, he he died on eighty nine. Okay, so he died about ten years after. This yeah. Made. Um, good documentary about him. Yeah, uh, we once saw that. Yeah, we uh, saw that in Seattle. In Seattle. Um. um uh, but uh, but yeah, the a liar's autobiography. Yeah. There you go. But uh, but yeah the, the the movie the movie could have been a like series of flying circus bits, um, but I think it is strung together pretty good. Uh, there's some good recurring side characters, so like John Cleese's uh, Centurion, yeah, um, who's who's just like who's he's basically just playing like a fed up cop. Yeah, uh, there's a good scene towards the end where like uh, someone someone says like fucking Romans or something. Yeah, uh, at, at, like <laughs> right before the crucifixion, and he's like, we've got more crucifixes. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> And like I said earlier, there's a scene where I I, I I don't know if this is a mistake or not. Like, John Cleese is, like, I don't think he was supposed to be framed from the waist up. Yeah. Because uh, it's like a shot, like, pushing past him yeah. towards some other centurions. Uh, but it is framed from the waist up, and you can see him just smoking a cigarette. And I'm like, I is that on purpose? <laughs> um whether or not it was it works the uh as as a contrast to the uh the david bowie very serious pontius pilot oh my god uh we we have we have our pontius pilot here who has like a lisp yeah uh and everyone just like laughs every time he talks uh-huh. um there's a there's a whole there's a whole thing about uh basically like a simpsons prank call gag yeah uh where there's there's someone named biggest dickus uh-huh um, and he just keeps saying it and all the centurions just like fucking giggle. Yeah. Um, he doesn't understand why it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, it's very good. Um, I, I think, uh, Brian's mom, uh, is, is very, is very funny in this as just like an overbearing British mother. Yeah. Uh, who has been transplanted into, uh, into like first century Palestine. Yeah. She's like hunchbacked and, yeah. and just like fed up, but she's also kind of going along with this because uh, she wouldn't mind, uh, you know, have, have, having those have, having the Messiah as a son. Yeah, yeah. There is a scene with um, he's not one of the pythons, but uh, there's like a beefy centurion that shows up uh, at Brian and Mom's house, uh, probably halfway through the movie. Um, he turns out to be Brian's dad, uh, and it's revealed that Brian was. Um, born after the century and raped his mother yeah and uh his mom and brian have it out in front of the centurion who's just kind of standing there silently uh and brian is is you know beside himself he's he's, he's so let down by his mom and that this is where he came from his father's uh, a roman his father's a roman uh and brian throws a tantrum and runs away um his mom says something to the effect of i wasn't raped well that much a joke you couldn't make no not today uh even if you were the pythons you couldn't make <laughs> that joke today 
And then after Brian leaves the room, uh, Terry Jones, Brian's mom, gets down on her knees and in front of the century and she says, okay, well, how are you today? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> just some real dark stuff in this movie, but, yeah. uh, you know, just, just obviously played for laughs. Yeah, like all the Python stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, like this movie got banned for obvious reasons uh, yeah. for, for doing, you know, a deep blasphemy. Uh-huh. Uh, just all over the place. And, like, Jesus isn't even the fucking main character. No. Uh, he's, he's in the background once. Yeah. Uh, but it's the, uh, it's the way that they, it's, it's, it's the way that they portray the, uh, the, like, circumstances and times of Jesus Christ that right. got this movie banned. Uh, unlike The Temptation, uh, which is, is, like, directly portraying Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that ban is unfair. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like no actual blasphemy occurs in this movie, right? Because it's not about Christ. Yeah, it's just that they <laughs> they have a go at the at the circumstances yeah. that uh, that that like you know precipitated Christ's uh, rise and and death. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, people get real sensitive about crucifixions in mm-hmm. movies, um, which I think is stupid because crucifixion was an extremely common form of, of, uh, execution. Yeah. Um, and you could still get crucified today Absolutely. if you live in fucking Saudi Arabia. So like, uh, you know, people get just real, anytime they see someone crucified, they think you're having a go at Jesus. Yeah. But it's just like, no, that's just one of the ways that they executed people. Like Jesus didn't invent this. Yeah. They fucking the Japanese were crucifying people in the in the 19th century. Uh, they kept crucifying priests because they were like, "Stop coming over here and trying to fucking evangelize, or we'll crucify you." Yeah, cruel <laughs> irony. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, so people get real upset about just any of the trappings of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and so this movie got banned for presumably those reasons, but, uh, blasphemy and a bunch of religious groups protested it, um, like 39 local authorities in the United Kingdom either imposed an outright ban or imposed it with an an X certificate, basically making it, you couldn't show it. Yeah. You could, you couldn't put this movie in a movie theater. Uh, and in Ireland it was just outright banned. Yeah. Uh, up until the nineties, I think. Yeah. And, and Ireland for, for those who aren't aware, the Republic of Ireland, uh, you know, extremely Catholic country. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the Catholic Church had a, a lot of control over the government uh, or a lot of power over the government um, until pretty recently. Yeah. Um, so, like, abortion became legal in Ireland relatively mm-hmm. recently. Birth control. Gay marriage, things like earlier, that. Earlier, but, yeah. Uh, condoms, uh, as, as Dad always used to remind me, <laughs> um, condoms were a were a prescription item until, like, fucking relatively recently. Yeah. Um, like, you could get them, right? Right. Because, like, doctors were just like, oh, this is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, like, you know, you couldn't just go into the Walgreens or whatever and buy them. Um, and so, like, you know, the Catholic Church holds sway over countries in, in uh, outside the U.S. that I think a lot of people don't readily understand Mm -hmm. and so it was pretty easy to get this movie banned uh because it even like you know dared to do comedy next to jesus yeah um and uh and uh, yeah i i think that's pretty unfair because this movie is not about jesus next to or from a distance yeah it's about brian (laughs) brian cohen yeah um i do want to circle back and 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 touch on uh uh, terry gilliam's uh animation and and design work on this um the the movie has a really great opening sequence and title song yeah uh and the lyrics are very silly um but it's a pretty incredible hand hand drawn but also like uh, multimedia put together uh sequence where a, a bulb erupts out of the earth and just continues upwards 
through this like three minute song and there are just all these uh, uh, Christian iconography yeah. kind of being lambasted as this uh, th- this plant rises up into the earth and then you get uh, this this beautiful um, logo at the end of the song that just, you know, Life of Brian and uh, it's just a, in typical Python fashion, kind of like the foot in uh, yeah. Flying Circus. Just this large brick Life of Brian just crashes down onto the ground with a thump, and the opening titles are over. It's it's a it's a pretty charming little opening uh, song. Uh, and then there is a scene in the middle of the movie where inexplicably Brian falls off a roof <laughs> yes. into a spaceship, <laughs> and is abducted by two aliens who are like one-eyed green puppets. And uh, the uh, the spaceship uh, it's kind of like a Technicolor H.R. Giger like alien set yeah. with all these tubes and like sweats and Brian basically takes a, a a trip through Earth's atmosphere into space. The ship gets shot down by another alien race <laughs> and then crashes uh, back in Jerusalem again uh, and, and Brian kind of picks himself up and, and walks away from the wreckage. And we never talk about it ever again. <laughs> never discuss it again. Except for the guy who sees him walk away from the, the, the scene and he says you lucky bastard and that seems great like classic terry gilliam stuff because yeah. it, it just has there's no reason for it to be there no but he gets to show off like yeah. what he does best yeah and this is I've, I've, I've always contended that that terry gilliam invented south park uh-huh uh, because the, the kind of just like extremely lo-fi fucking anime, like paper craft animation that yeah. he was doing in the seventies, uh, is, is basically just what South Park is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, like that's, that scene is great. Cause he's just like, I'm sure he just had an idea at some point was like, yo, what if Brian got abducted by aliens? Uh, as, as the resident American uh, on the, uh, on the crew. Right. Uh, was like, yeah, but what if there were aliens though? Um, <laughs> And, uh, and everyone else was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. We don't have aliens in Britain. But we have all this cocaine, yeah, so. We've, we've got all this cocaine. <laughs> and pints for Graham. Yeah. So we can get up in the morning. Oh, yeah. I imagine that shooting this movie was probably a nightmare. Uh, I've, I, yeah, I've, I've read and seen in documentaries about the Pythons that, like, this is ten years before Chapman died. Uh, but he was like well into his alcoholism, yeah, and like physically on the downslope. Uh, and so I read that uh, he would have trouble showing up to I, their writers' meetings. I know, I believe they went to they went to some um, like beach resort or island, which to is write how you write movie. movies. Yeah, yeah, it's how it's how you write movies and record records in England. Is yeah. you just like someone gives you like a fucking seventeenth century castle yeah. to hang out in for a little while. So there's there's great like B-roll and photos of the pythons on the beach and uh you know the pythons in in bars in this like exotic location um but they did take the writing very seriously and you know they kind of split up do some writing come back together do a writer's room and apparently Chapman at that point was just notorious for not being able to show up couldn't show yeah, yeah. I, I would guess that when they actually shot the movie they just like scheduled all his scenes for like late yeah. afternoon yeah uh it's just like yeah we need to give fucking Graham some time to get his shit together uh-huh uh yeah so I imagine shooting this was quite difficult uh, there's also a great joke from Eric Idle at the very end of the movie uh where he he says something like they're never gonna make their money back on this one um (laughs) yeah i mean i'm sure you'll insert it but the the movie does end on an incredible musical number oh yeah one of the best musical numbers in in any comedy film ever absolutely uh which is is the ending song so at the very end of this movie uh brian gets crucified Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) um on accident yeah uh (laughs) 
uh, you know, as as the and, and Jesus is not there, which no. I which I always find very funny, uh, is that he's just like I'm, in this universe, did Jesus avoid crucifixion? Right. Like uh, because Brian got crucified, is that what happened? Um, but uh, but Brian gets crucified, uh, you know, with a shitload of other people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's this basically extended scene of his crucifixion, uh, where like several things happen where he might get saved. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the first one is like, there's a guy next to him on the other cross who's like, oh yeah, people get saved all the time. Right. Um, he's like, my brother, my, my brother, you know, my brother saves me. He's running like 20 minutes late this time, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be okay. And then like, uh, you know, the centurions show up and are like, uh, there's been a mistake. Yeah. Uh, it's been like, you know, a procedural mistake. We're looking for Brian, uh, is not supposed to be here. Uh, and then this guy is like, I'm Brian. Uh, and, and they're like, oh, okay, we'll take him down. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone, there's like an I am Spartacus thing, right? right? Where everyone's just like, no, I'm Brian. No, I'm Brian. Uh, and, and Brian, uh, is the reason he doesn't hear them is because he's, uh, yelling at the, uh, Judeans people's front. Yep. Uh, or the People's Front of Judea, whichever one, uh, who, who've shown up to, like, uh, read a decree about uh, how pleased they are with him. Yeah. Uh, but not to save him. Uh, and so he's, like, yelling at them about how much of a, how, ba how like, big of bastards they are. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the Centurions, meanwhile, are like, we're looking for Brian. And someone else gets taken down uh, and is like, no, I was just having a go. Uh, I'm not Brian. And yeah. they're like, shut up. Just get Put out of here. Put me back up. Just, yeah, fucking <laughs> get out of here. Um, and then, you know, like the other you know judeans people's front uh whichever the other one is yeah uh they like come over the hill uh and then all the the centurions scatter because they're gonna like they don't want to fight with these fucking people yeah uh and then they it turns out to be their suicide squad mm -hmm. and so this like you know 15 guys show up and they all just commit ceremonial suicide in front of brian uh and then um <laughs> uh judith shows up uh brian's love interest uh and she just says how proud she is of what he's doing yeah and then she leaves uh and then brian's mom shows up to oh, like yep. excoriate him uh for for being such a bad son yeah and then she leaves i think she calls him like a naughty naughty boy yeah uh and it's just like you know like thing after thing that could get him out of this happens yeah uh and and then you know none of it pans out uh but then at the end you know he's he's very fucking downtrodden because he's gonna die on a cross mm -hmm. uh and uh eric idol uh is in the back and basically just says like cheer up it's not the end of the world yeah uh, and, and sings this song, uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. They can really make you mad. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing which is just about you know like how shit the world is yes but very um, upbeat but uh, it's a very upbeat song about how shit the world is and how you shouldn't let it get you down yeah 
very, very good ending to this movie. Uh, we played this song at our father's funeral. Yeah, that was a good call. Uh, which I, you know, I, I think maybe our grandmother had been shuffled out of the room before yeah, it before came it went on. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, very good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's Life of Brian. Um, and The Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah. You know? Two, two very good Jesus movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would recommend either of these movies. Uh, you know, uh, context dependent. <laughs> sure. Uh, don't don't bust out Last Temptation uh, if you're if you're looking for something funny, um, and uh, don't bust out Life of Brian um, if you have any evangelical friends. No, no. Life uh, of Brian uh, only ninety four minutes, so it's a it's an easy movie to plop down and 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 uh, knock out in an yeah. hour and a half. And I think this one um, less popular than Holy Grail. Yeah. Uh, probably because it was banned in so many places for right. so long. Uh, it just doesn't have the same like cultural cachet that Holy Grail does. Uh, but I, I think this is as good as Holy Grail uh, easily. Yeah. Um, and, and Holy Grail being like the classic Python movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this movie doesn't get enough attention. Um, Meaning a Life it obviously is even less well known right uh but uh and meaning of life is just a straight up series of sketches yeah uh but like this movie uh you know if you've seen holy grail and you liked holy grail you have to watch the life of brian absolutely yeah uh because it's it's the same kind of just absolute irreverence for something yeah historical farce um, uh, and just being like these people are just taking themselves way too seriously uh and uh and you know probably you shouldn't take yourself all that seriously yeah uh which is what the song at the end is exactly about. Um, and, uh, I think also Christ's message. Yeah. Stop taking yourself so <laughs> fucking seriously. And just be nice to people. Yeah. Just be nice to someone for once. <laughs> you know, stop hating gays and stuff and just, you know, fucking be nice. Yeah. Just get over it. Enjoy life. Yeah. But, uh, on that note, uh, this has been the, uh, Columbia River Film School podcast, uh, yeah. bringing you, bringing you double features, uh, on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, episodes are always late but whatever hey um we're recording this on a friday no it's saturday oh shit uh (laughs) i don't know what day it was (laughs) uh but uh i'm bill mcdonald i have with me here uh pat mcdonald uh and uh we're just two two bros up here in the northwest uh doing double features uh and so we will see you next time for uh for for something else i think pretty special yeah not sure what that is but it'll be special it'll be very special yeah uh, it'll be. It won't be biblical, but it'll be special. Yeah. You won't get the same dose of theology that you got this episode. <laughs> uh, you know, unless it's Spice World and yeah. Josie and the Pussycats, because I will get theological. Yeah. That movie I, have, I have. I have very. I have very. You know, strong opinions about the apocryphal uh, <laughs> Spice Girls songs. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in, everybody. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Science fiction. Double.